Welcome to Career Path, a podcast where we meet with professionals in the business and investing world. Like you, we want to gain insight and advice from business leaders regarding their careers, investment choices, and other life recommendations. Through this podcast, we are able to learn what makes these leaders so successful and hear about the challenges they overcame along the way. I invite you to join us while we explore a multitude of industries and talk with people who have already experienced this journey. I'm your host, Tony Harris. Now let's begin our journey. Today I had the privilege of sitting down with Dre Bartle. Dre is an ambitious, goal-oriented visionary with a passion for people and a heart for nonprofits. Dre is the founder and creative director of Covey Events. Covey is an event services and marketing consulting company which provides a vehicle to promote business brands by creating meaningful experiences and events. Although Covey is only three and a half years old, Dre has scaled it to become a successful business. In this episode, Dre talks about why she created Covey, the lessons she's learned from launching a business, and her experience transferring from corporate America to becoming an entrepreneur. I would like to welcome Dre onto the show to talk about her experiences firsthand. Dre, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I really appreciate you being here and uh, taking your time as well. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Wonderful. So obviously you've had a very solid career path and um, you created your own company as well. Can you tell me about your career path and um, how and why you ended up creating Covey Events? And along with that, you know, what is Covey Events? What do you do? Sure. Yeah, I always tell people I have kind of a unique history of what brought me to where I am now, but that it all belongs. Um, I went to Bethel for social work. You know, my heart has always been for the nonprofit sector. And so I, I, that's where I started, um, mainly working with kids. And then once I had my own kids, decided to stay home for a season. Um, but even in that season, I was constantly being asked to plan events, whether it was through church or friends events. And so that's kind of when that little bug um, to do that was had started. And then uh, once the kids were in school, my husband and I decided it was time for me to go back to work. And I went into sales, which was a very unique turn. Um, I had an opportunity with a big national company uh, because of a friend of mine. And because of that, it really woke up that entrepreneurial bone in my body, because even though I was working for a big company, we were still required to build our own book of business and network. And, and so that's when I, I really recognized that I love that sense of ownership. Um, and, but I knew I wasn't going to stay there for long. It was in the payment technology space, which was not my heartbeat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so once I recognized I could run my own business, I had that entrepreneurial background now. I knew that I wanted to work with people, have an impact. I loved creating experiences with great intention. And so I had the opportunity for one year to work as a director of development and events for nonprofit. But we, again, quickly realized I really wanted to own my own business. And so sure. from there, started Cubby. That's wonderful. And, yeah, you know, obviously you mentioned what inspired you um, was being in those roles. But did you ever feel like, before that, that you wanted to own your own business? Or was it something that totally sparked out of, you know, being in your career? Yeah, I never had thought that that was something I would do until I was in in sales. Because again, I just, I saw like that pride of ownership and building something. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, but again, I wanted it to be something that I deeply believed in and that it was having an impact on others. And so I knew the payment technology space <laughs> isn't where I wanted to stay. Right. Um, and you had asked earlier, why, why Covey and what is it? Mm-hmm. I really wanted a business name that had to do with gathering people together. And so I typed, literally typed in the word gathering and Covey came up. And But I also love the secondary definition, which is commonly used when describing a flock of quail or ducks. <laughs> and for those that don't know, my husband and my boys are yes. huge waterfall hunters. And so I knew that I was doing this for a deeper purpose than my own. It was for my family. So Covey really incorporated my intention for the business and then also why for my family. So Absolutely. Yeah. And and I think that name is very fitting, especially going to some of your events. The gatherings are unbelievable and the community is incredible. So just want to give a little shout out there. I love that. (laughs) Thanks. Um, So, you know, we're we're kind of on the topic of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, you know, the the phrase being an entrepreneur seems to mean a lot of different things to different people. What does that mean to you? What do you, what do you see that as in your eyes being an entrepreneur? Mm -hmm. You know, again, it's taken different um, meanings as I've navigated different seasons of my career path, but for sure, it means someone that has purpose and passion for something Mm -hmm. greater. Um, I think it's someone that's determined and has a lot of grit and grace, not only for themselves, but the people that they're working with. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just, it's someone that has great vision and strategy. Um, and really has this willingness to try kind of, you hear that phrase, you got to fail fast to, to move forward. So you have to have like that thick skin, like you're going to have some bombs, you know? (laughs) And so it's that, that willingness to know that you have to try a few things before you get to where you want to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Taking risks is definitely one of the biggest part of entrepreneurship. Yes. No doubt about that. And, you know, along with that, being able to adapt. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, I think you're um, constantly forced to adapt and change in order to survive and really thrive in the marketplace. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm curious, what has that looked like for you and for Covey over the past, you know, three and a half years or so? And um, I guess, especially within the past year, being yes. that events are pretty shut down right now. Yes. Well, it's this continuation of having an open posture of what um, what brings you to life, what brings you joy, what has impact, but also, also as a business owner, what's going to produce revenue. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yes, passion is super important, but you, you can't keep your doors open unless you're having money coming in. And so for me, it was constantly examining what was the best return of my time. Um, you know, my business model has really shifted. We did what Mm -hmm. 70 events in our first year was pretty crazy. It was like an event factory. But when I really looked at the numbers, I was like, the margins aren't awesome. I am, you know, sometimes when you did the math, I was like, I paid myself $5 an hour at the end (laughs) of the day. (laughs) I'm like, this is not sustainable. So I think you have to know your numbers. You have to be knowing what's happening in the marketplace. What's a good return of your time. What's great community culture, Um, you know, it's about the people that you're surrounding yourself with. And so for me, it was shifting to more of this consulting model versus just Mm. events. And that actually happened pre-COVID. And so because of that, it really helped our business not only sustain itself, but we thrived. We actually had our best income year yet because I was able to shift my business model and be more consulting driven 
because we had what 15 or 20 events canceled, but because the bulk of my business was on the consulting site, we stayed, we stayed quite busy. That is awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. That. Yeah. That it was a huge blessing. And I certainly did not do that alone. <laughs> no. And, and I guess I, a little follow-up question there, how has teamwork helped you with mm-hmm. that? I know, you know, obviously my fiance works yes. for you and is going to be starting full-time for you, but I'm, I'm curious, you know, mm-hmm. um, you mentioned surrounding yourself with the right people. How much of a factor do you think that plays into growing a business and leading it in the right direction? For sure. I think, yes, having a good team culture and kind of knowing the DNA of who you're bringing onto your team is super important, but also what's outside of that, your professional community, your mentors. For me, I knew from the very beginning, it was super important for me to surround myself with really smart, wise, driven, purposeful people. And so because I had those relationships in place already, that has really helped me grow as a business owner. I'm also in um, some networking groups and one in particular that's for business owners that are women because we have kind of a unique scenario, you know, as a mom and a wife and all the different things that we're managing. Um, So for me, it's being super wise about the type of people that I'm interacting with for accountability and coaching um, and that can really help me stay on track. Yeah. Another uh, question kind of going off of what you just said there, you know, I've heard so many times how important networking is. And obviously mm-hmm. for you and your business, um, it sounds like it's incredibly important to make sure you're getting connections to um, lead people to your events or to create events with people or consult. Mm-hmm. Um, have you always been into networking? And you know, do you have any recommendations on that? For sure. I think naturally without knowing it, yes, because I'm naturally a very much of a relationship builder. Yes. Um, and I always tell even my boys now, never burn bridges, always make sure you're um, really healthy in your interactions because you just never know how that that particular relationship may benefit you or that person in the future. And so, and my dad was a business owner. And so I think okay. I learned a lot from watching him and how he uh, created partnerships Um, But not, yeah, not until that sales role did I really recognize the importance of it in regards to business. Um, Yeah, because it's now it's really benefited me because I was really in that business to business sphere, which really kind of created this natural um, list of clients that I could start with when I started Cubby. Absolutely. And, you know, really going back to the origins, I I have two questions um, that I, you know, kind of I'm curious about starting a business, Um, you know, for those looking to start their own business, um, what are your biggest suggestions regarding timing? You know, I've heard so many things and obviously I'm running my own clothing line. I've had my personal experiences with that, but I'm, I'm curious, what do you, what do you suggest? You know, Mm -hmm. timing of the launch, timing of creating a brand image, things like that. Sure. Well, I'm sure you're familiar with the phrase. There's never a perfect time. I think so often people freeze and they are kind of in this it has to be perfect before mm-hmm. I launch it. Um, so I would encourage young people, especially don't expect you to be in perfection before you launch. Um, but certainly yes. want to be smart. There are definitely things you want to have in place before launching a business. Again, it goes back to who are you surrounding yourself with? Mm. Um, kind of creating a professional board of directors is what I say, a personal board of directors. Um, and I would say whether that's an accountant, a business attorney, Um, And then depending on the profession you're going into, someone that's an expert in your industry, it's Mm. super important that you could either 
whether it's just a one-off consult or they can become a professional mentor for you because they will help dictate some of that timing. They may be able to say, yep, you're ready. Nope, you need some more time, whether it's to formulate a business plan or maybe your finances aren't in order. Um, and you are always here, is it a side hustle or is it a business? I think that's yes. another thing to determine because that's gonna affect your scale and your growth potential. So if it truly is just a side hustle, that's fine and fun, but then don't expect it to grow. But yes. if you're like, no, this is all or nothing, I'm quitting my day job, then there's definitely certain things that need to be in place before you launch. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've, I've definitely faced what you said there. Is it a side hustle <laughs> or is it a business? I think that's something really important to wrestle with. Um, my second question going off of that is, what are some of the biggest challenges you personally faced in the beginning? And you know, with 2020 hindsight, uh, how do you think you would have approached these challenges knowing what you know today? Yeah, I think for me, it was reestablishing rhythms because when you go from working for a company that has an established location, an established team, and then you go to being by yourself, home officing, it can feel really isolating. Yes. Um, so for me, that was hard at first because I thought, oh, you know, I really had to be disciplined about my time and how mm -hmm. I arrange my schedule. Um, and I think the other piece was kind of that imposter syndrome of, who am I to think I can start my own business? There's tons of event planners out there already. There's tons of people that are doing marketing and branding with their clients. Who am I to start this? Sure. Um, and so again, because I surrounded myself with really good people, they were able to really reshift that mindset of, yes, I was meant to do this. There's a reason why I'm doing it. Nobody's just like me, right? Yes. Nobody's just like my team and this Covey, beautiful Covey crew that I've created. Um, so in hindsight, going back, yeah, just eliminating some of that pressure for myself. And I would say um, to anyone starting a business, um, I think it's super important to really look at when are your most productive times of the day? You kind of got to know yourself because yes. you don't have to be nine to five as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. It's like some people are much better right away in the morning. Some are better at night. So I think really doing that self-examination of what is my most productive time of day and then creating your schedule around that, when to have your meetings, when to do the menial tasks. I wish I would have done that a lot sooner. Okay, that, <laughs> it made yeah. my, my road bumpy. <laughs> that's, and that's great to know. I think, you know, examining yourself is something that, you know, we should just do anyways, but it, it yeah. being forced into, into doing it in an entrepreneurial position, you are having to take control of mm -hmm. everything at once. And that's yeah. a huge responsibility. Well, and one of the books that I would highly recommend that helped me with that is it's by Chet Holmes. It's called The Ultimate Sales Machine, I think is what it's called. And it, he talks about that, like knowing your cadences and knowing rhythms of your day and how to set intentions, how to set goals, not so big that that's not achievable. So I would right. definitely recommend that book for anyone looking to start their own business and starting their own rhythm of their day. Yeah, that's that is awesome. Um, you know, we have, I have one more question that I'd like to ask you. And, um, this really goes back to your, you know, when you were in college, mm -hmm. um, what piece of advice do you wish someone would have told you while you were in college or what would you go back and say to yourself if you could? would tell myself or anyone in college, um, definitely start networking earlier. I wish I would have known how to do that. I think 
um, really starting to form relationships with the professional community. And Bethel has done a really good job of developing an alumni with Bethel Biz and some other yes. programs. So I think that that gap is now being filled, which is so great. There's a lot of intentionality, but it's really up to you to start mm-hmm. making those phone calls and having the coffees and don't be afraid to ask someone that's really established. You'd be amazed who will actually be willing to meet with you. The other piece would be um, start investing right away. I wish I would have done that so much sooner. Fortunately, we're in a much better spot now, but I think there's a lot of years missed, even if it's just a teeny bit yes. of your paycheck. Um start those retire like those IRAs and start saving money. I think it's just it's so fun to watch it grow. And I yes. wish I would have done that way sooner. That's awesome. I think both of those pieces of advice are great. And you know, so many people say exactly what you've said and it means that there is truth to it. You know, mm-hmm. there's especially with someone like you in your position. I mean, you have obviously gained a ton of knowledge and experience. So I think that I think that says a lot. Yes. Well, Dre, thank you so much for coming on the show today and and sharing all of your experience with us. I know that um, people that are looking to go and start their own businesses will definitely love this podcast. Uh, You shared a ton of great information with us. So thank you. Well, thanks for having me. Now you got to learn a little bit about Dre Bartle and her experience starting her own company. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and found it insightful. To learn more about the Royals Investment Fund, you can go to our website at BethelRoyalsFund.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn. I'm your host, Tony Harris, and thank you for listening to Career Path.